testing one, two, three, one, two, three, testing. I'm Ben McAdams, and I represent Utah's fourth congressional district. Before I was elected last November, I was the mayor of Salt Lake County. It's my belief that Washington might work better if we thought about governing the country the way mayors approach leading their communities. In this podcast, I'm hoping to show you what being a member of Congress is really like and whether it's possible to run this country the way we run our local governments. Welcome to Washington. Today I'm talking with Scott Leckman, who is uh, a citizen advocate. He's also a surgeon here in the Salt Lake Valley and uh, in his free time. Not that he has it. He um, does a lot of humanitarian work and charitable work. And amongst those things, he is a citizen advocate to Congress. And so for many, many years, uh, as I've observed Scott, he uh, is working to advance policies in Congress, uh, humanitarian policies through Congress. So he's been out to meet with me in Washington several times. And I wanted to talk with him today and have him share some of uh, his advocacy work and what he'd like to see come through Congress. So Scott, welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Ben. So tell me a little bit about some of the issues, uh, whether it's disease, poverty, some of the issues you've worked on and and what your motivation is for that. Yeah. Uh, Actually, as a surgery resident uh, here at the University of Utah, I got invited to a meeting uh, uh, of a advocacy group called Results. Uh, This was back more than 30 years ago. And I learned that 40,000 children were dying daily of preventable causes. I mean, I mean simp- dying of simple things like lack of an a- immunization, uh, lack of a 10-cent ten ten- ten packet of oral rehydration salts, mothers not uh, knowing the value of breastfeeding. I mean, really uh, no-brainer kind of, kinds of things. And I also learned that there were things that I could do to help fix that, uh, things like uh, writing a letter to my congressman or meeting with my congressman. Uh, meeting with editorial writers, uh, writing letters to the editor. And all of these things sound like things that I could do. And so I've been doing uh, that for uh, more than 30 years. And you know what? Uh, this stuff works. Um, Congress resp- uh, responded to our requests uh, to fund uh, things to help uh, end uh, needless child deaths in the world. And that 40,000 has come down to less than 16,000. And it was largely because of actions of Congress and other countries fall, followed our lead. So um, I, I, I have a great job uh, as a surgeon. I uh, get to uh, sometimes save lives, and, but every day I get to contribute positively but I can tell you that my advocacy, I think I have a bigger impact in the world by doing that. What type of things has, has Congress done to make a difference in that regard? Um, I'll give you a couple of uh, examples that are current. So um, I'm going to be meeting with you, Congressman <laughs> McAdams, on Thursday. And I'm going to have... Oh, I had no idea, actually. <laughs> well, okay. So I'm going to have a couple of of requests for you. So one is going to be about the Global Fund to Fight AIDS, TB, and Malaria. And this uh, wonderful uh, organization was created in the year 2002. And this was when, you might remember, uh, 
Africa was just being decimated by HIV. I mean, entire generations were gone of, of uh, and you know, AIDS orphans and all that. It was just so bleak. The number one industry in many towns was making caskets. So it was uh, really bad. So in 2002, the U.S., with the help of the U.N., uh, created the Global Fund to fight AIDS, TB, and malaria. And uh, over since that time, they have saved 27 million lives. Now we're coming up with a the sixth replenishment of the Global Fund, where countries will come together and make pledges because they have a plan to save another 16 million lives. And we've made great progress, but there's a lot of challenges out there. So I'm going to be asking you to sign on to a resolution, which will, uh, uh, what we want to do is show support, um, because when the, this meeting in October in France to make pledges, uh, we want other countries to know that they can count on the U.S., because I'm afraid the administration uh, may not be showing up for that. But we, but we need to let other countries know that the funders are uh, people we can count on. The United States Congress United States, in this case. Yes, uh, the U.S. Congress, exactly. Now, the House um, uh, has already passed uh, an appropriation for this coming fiscal year, which is consistent with the pledge that we've asked for. Um, so uh, the Senate hasn't weighed in yet, so we'll have to wait and see. But so it'll be important um, to show other countries. So I'm going to be asking you to, to sign on to that resolution. The other uh, life-saving thing that we do in our foreign aid uh, has to do with nutrition. The first, uh, again, that we're talking about kids, the first 1,000 days from conception to age two is critically important. And right now, a quarter of the world's children are stunted which is just unreal. Uh, and how do these countries with, you know, uh, 40% stenting, how do they stand a chance? That means their brains are not fully developed and they're not going to be. They're lifelong consequences to lacking nutrition that first thousand days. So the other resolution I'm going to be asking you to sign on is uh, a, a sign of congressional support for early uh, childhood nutrition. So as I've known you over the years, you've, you've been doing this advocacy and actually had, uh, as you said, success and, and built relationships on both sides of the aisle, yes. right, to be advocates uh, for some of this work. Tell me, yes. tell me a little bit how, how you feel you've received. You, yeah. you think that you've been able to make a difference. Oh, absolutely. You know, all the things I'm talking about, all of our successes have been uh, with bipartisan support. You know, once... <laughs> once uh, you get partisan uh, on things like this, uh, then the issue becomes a football. And it kind of depends on things other than what's important. So, uh, yes, yeah, certainly um, the child survival activities that I talked about very, you know, very early on, back in 1984, 1985, uh, the funding back then was uh, started off at $25 million. And this last year, in the maternal and child health account, it was more than $800 million. And that has translated into a much better world. 
So I'm going to ask, maybe play devil's advocate or ask a, a tough question here, but uh, I'd like you to tell me why foreign aid, right? Yeah. I mean, saving lives yeah. should be enough, yeah. right? The, the yeah. thousands of lives yeah. that are saved on yeah. a daily basis. Yeah. Why should the United States care um, about tragedy yeah. in a far-flung place yeah. of the globe? Yeah. Okay, uh, a couple examples. Okay, so polio, polio eradication. I'm a Rotarian. Our biggest project is eradication of polio. We, we were the first, the Rotary, Rotary Club was the very first to make that a goal. It took us three years to get the World Health Organization to join us, and now we've got lots of partners, including the Gates Foundation. So right now, um, since that time, we, we've gone from, uh, in 1985, we had, uh, polio was in 125 countries, a thousand kids were being paralyzed every day, and now uh, Nigeria was just declared polio free. So now we're just down to two countries: Afghanistan and Pakistan. Now, until the virus is totally eradicated, a threat anywhere is a threat everywhere. So we continue to immunize our kids against polio even though we haven't had polio in this country for, I don't know, three decades, four decades, um, we still have to do that because there's still polio in the world. Another example, tuberculosis. One out of almost three people in the world has the tubercle bacillus in them. Uh, it's airborne. <laughs> uh, you can ca- it's conceivable to catch TB on a transoceanic flight. We're seeing, uh, because of poorly treated tuberculosis elsewhere, we are now seeing drug-resistant tuberculosis. So um, <laughs> these diseases do not know bound, uh, borders. So uh, this is serious stuff, and it's much better to cure the case of tuber- tuberculosis when it costs $20 instead of waiting it for it to be multi-drug resistant here in the U.S. and cost a quarter of a million dollars and have a 50% mortality rate. So, and I can go on and on about other reasons um, uh, other than just being humane. Yeah. Well, and I, so some of the premise of this podcast is taking my experience as a mayor and, and layering that in Congress and what does yeah. that mean? And so sometimes I think about you know, uh, the ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, yes. the old adage, right? Yes. And uh, as mayor, I saw that in the criminal justice system, that we are we will save money, and it's the humane thing to do, to help somebody to get a job and uh, get treatment for an addiction on the front end, you know, to kind of break this cycle than it is to incarcerate, to arrest, to prosecute, to, uh, you know, compensate victims of crime all the things on the back end are so much more expensive than the ounce of prevention so would you say that is, is that what you're saying that foreign aid is the ounce of prevention um it's the humane thing to do yes. first and foremost yes. and maybe that's should yes. be enough yes. but outside of that it is the ounce of prevention and that's worth a pound of cure uh that would be would come ultimately to the the pocketbooks of the u.s taxpayer yes. well you can imagine um you know, in cases of like Ebola or, uh, you know, uh, or uh, epidemics of other diseases, uh, that makes governments unstable. And who's going to be called on 
in those cases, it's going to be the U.S. military. So um, it's it's really very much in our interest that countries do well, you know, and and uh, are not a threat, and and actually can you know raise their incomes and buy American products. Uh, you know, it's not a zero sum game. Uh, we do better when other people do better. Eradicating poverty, they're more stable, yes. right? So you're not going to have destabilizing and destable, unstable countries have extremist groups yes. that then become the source of terrorism or threats against yes. the United States and state-sponsored terrorism, right? So yes. it's in the interest of the United States as, as the world's largest economy and global superpower to have to see stability around the world, yes. right? Absolutely. So Scott Lechman, um, thank you. Uh, advocate for humanitarian causes both domestically and abroad and yes. and not only um you put your actions where your words are okay. uh and so thank you i don't know if you have anything you. you'd like to add or- thank you uh well uh results.org uh and uh, rotary.org um we need uh we need more people that uh care about creating a better world and I would hope people heard the takeaway from me is talking to your member of Congress matters and you can make a difference. Sometimes it takes time and repetition, but you can make a difference. Yes, absolutely. That has absolutely been my experience. All right. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. I want to thank you for listening to Washington. What I'd really love to hear is from you. To follow this journey, subscribe for free on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, the KSL Radio app, and anywhere you find interesting podcasts. To be part of this experiment in making the world's most powerful city responsive to citizens, please email me at tips at loudmouthproject.com. We'd like to thank the village that made this podcast possible. Andreas Martin, Danny Akana, Allison Hayrend, and Congressman Ben McAdams. Washington is a production of the Loudmouth Project.